0: Join me right now on Kumite TV is UFC lightweight crusher Stephen Ray. Welcome back, Stephen.
1: Hey man, what's up, man?
0: Now let's get into it right away, <laughs> man. UFC, UFC Moncton. We spoke before that fight. You went in there with a lot of, you know, built up frustration a little bit, and you you went in there and you did a, you know, you did your thing. You got the unanimous decision. How do you rate that performance? You know, against uh, Ariane?
1: uh yeah I'm not too happy with the performance to be honest um watching it back um i could have definitely done more um you know sometimes like even Dan Hardy said sometimes i get a bit um where I'm like coasting you know i end up coasting I'm doing just enough to win what I've got I've got more potential to be stopping guys, putting guys away. Um, So, yeah, I need to, you know, I I should have, you know, threw more combinations and um, tried to look to finish the fight a little more, but, um, yeah, it's just, like, in the fight, I kept leg kicking him um, and he wasn't doing anything. He was just letting me, he was just letting my leg kick him, so, I just kept doing it. Um, obviously to score points. Um, try and try and hack away at his leg. Um, and then yeah, watching it back he was obviously preparing to try and counter me. Every time I was throwing my left hand that um he he was landing some combinations. I caught him a few times with the left hand, but yeah, a lot of the time that he hit me was when I you know, I tried to hit him. He stepped back and um and countered me, but yeah. Apart from that, like, I, it was a weird fight. I expected him to be on the back foot. I expected them to be kind of hitting and moving, um, and me pressing forward. But he came out and fought a complete different fight to what I expected. So you know, I had to just kind of deal with that on the night. But that being said, I got the win. Um, after two kind of rubbish fights before that, so that's the main thing. Back on winning, and yeah. When you got back
0: home, you know, you got back with your team. What were the emotions like?
1: Yeah, I was just so happy that you know I got the win. Um, you know, uh, like if I lost that, then I maybe could have got cut. Um. So that that's the that's the you know what's on the line here sometimes like it's it's not just a fight it's your career, um because you you really don't know what would come next I know there's other shows kind of big shows that are rivaling the UFC the now and um so you know other stuff c- could be there but it's just being put in that situation if ho- hopefully that that doesn't come anytime soon but. Yeah, like winning and losing is a big deal, and obviously, the way the contracts usually work as well, you get half your money if you lose, so there's a lot of money on the kind of line, too. Yeah, I was just so happy to get the win, not too happy with the performance, but at least I got the win, and you know, I could look at getting back in the gym and improving, and what did I do wrong, and what can I improve on, and that's what I've done. Um, So, I'm expecting to see stevie ray 2.0 in a couple of weeks do you take that same
0: mentality that you took into that fight moving on forward with the other fights just keeping that
1: you know that like i could be cut mentality yeah i mean because you never know um you never know with the ufc like technically i'm still one and two my last three fights uh because that split decision lost to cajun um I mean, I don't really look at that too much as a loss. You know, it was a pretty close fight. Um, my last loss I look at is Paul Felder. Um, that's where, obviously, you know, I can hold my hands up and say, I got beat, you knocked me out. Um, so, yeah, he's number 10 in the world now as well, so that gives me a bit of motivation. You know, the last guy that really beat me um, is 10th in the world uh, in the the most stacked division. In the UFC. Um, so, yeah. I am I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't like looking past my opponent too much. But the plan is, hopefully, get the win. Beat this guy um, in a few weeks' time. And then um, try and get into that top 15. Uh, yeah, and start kind of getting up those rankings. Because this, this guy I'm fighting as well. I, I believe he probably should be in the... Kinda, he's a top 15 guy. Um, he's got wins over Kevin Lee and um, Adriano Martins, and he's beat some good guys. He's just uh, been really inactive, and I think that's maybe why he's not no in the rankings. But yeah, it's a tough test. Hopefully, get the win, and then uh, I could try and get into the rankings.
0: Yeah, definitely. Speaking of your next fight in Sweden in a couple weeks, you know, you've been away for a while. Has it been difficult to book a fight or were you taking a break from competition?
1: Hey, I had knee surgery after mm. after the Jess and Ayari fight. Um, I went to the performance centre in Vegas um, and unfortunately I had booked up, ready to go, you know, go over, get some training, enjoy myself. Um, and the day before I went, I hurt my knee. Um, so I had to eventually end up getting an MRI and stuff when I was over there, and then figured out that I'd tore my meniscus. Um, it was quite, quite a large tear in the lateral compartment again. Um, and it was one of those things. I know that some people sometimes you, some guys will have tears in their meniscus and they can still train and just kind of move on with it. But this was causing a lot of swelling in the knee, and I couldn't like. I couldn't sit back on my knee, my heels, so struggling to do any sort of ground stuff, and yeah, it was just really bothering me. So, um, I still got, I had a good time out there, and still got some good stuff done at the performance center. Um, I'd like to go back, but uh, yeah, I got surgery, so that's what's, that's why um, I've no fault, Because I was actually meant to be fighting on UFC London.
0: How long did it take for you to get back uh, into training after the surgery?
1: Probably only like probably only three to four weeks, to be honest. Like meniscus surgery, it's not that you know, it's not like a huge kind of rehab process. Um, Pretty much because it's just cartilage. Like you need to obviously get the stability back in your knee, and I was I've done all the rehab program. I still I still um try and do uh, daily exercises for my for my legs and knees. Um but yeah, training pretty I think it was six weeks till I done any grappling again though. Um So yeah. But I've I've been training for a good while now. Um I've had a couple of kind of bjj competitions and stuff before just to stay active keep my weight down um and yeah and then i've had a pretty good camp uh for this one i think i've I've got this fight announced you know um with 12 weeks to prepare or whatever it was so yeah
0: you mentioned your opponent leandro santos he is a guy that should be in the top 15. He's a, you know, he's a he's a good good guy, you know what I mean, but he just hasn't been active. That's why nobody really pays attention to him. <laughs> but you know who he is. Yep. Everybody knows that follows the sport who he is. Um was he the first was he the first name that came through or were there other guys that you were looking to fight?
1: Uh, I'll fight anybody like mm-hmm. I I've always been like, you know, you, it doesn't matter who that who they give out. It Doesn't matter if he's a killer, if he's this. Um, whoever they they offer me, I'm just like, let's do it. Obviously, I need I go and speak speak to my coaches and stuff. But um, and yeah, we, we all knew this is a tough fight. Like, um, my next opponent, he, I think he's like a seven time world champion in jitsu Um, he's um he's like a fifth degree black belt. Um, and watching his fights, his striking's pretty good as well. So. Uh, I think he knocked out Kevin Lee, uh, grounding pound or something. But um, yeah, hurt him with a, hurt him with like a right hand or something. So yeah, it just shows you he's dangerous on his feet and on the ground. Um, but the way the way I see it, it, doesn't matter who you get in the UFC. I could, um, I could get somebody that nobody knows of, and and he could be a killer. Um, UFC, you know, it's the Champions League of football. So every guy is dangerous. And at the end of the day, a, fight's a fight Um a fight. I believe I've got a few advantages in this fight that I'm going to be looking to um, put in a place.
0: He has been out for a long time, almost three years. You know, do you think momentum plays a big role in how fights play out? Especially,
1: he's not a young guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on the individual sometimes with, with stuff like that and there's no really any fact um, I don't think, like, oh, if, if you've been out because you get some fighters that have been out a long time and they come back and they do brilliant and, mm. you know, others that you think oh, I think he, done, he didn't perform well because the ring rust and whatever but I don't even care whether he fought last week, last month I'm going to I'm gonna just try and take his head off, as it. Um, but uh, you know, ho- hopefully it does. Hopefully it does play a part. Hopefully he's a bit ring rusty, and you know he's ten years older than me as well. So I'm not gonna lie and sit and say, oh, hopefully he still feels twenty-one. Hopefully he is feeling that. Hopefully he's struggling with training. And <laughs> any advantage, I'll take it. So. um yeah, 10 years younger, um, he's not been in the cage for or locked on for three years nearly. So yeah, those two right there, you know, that I could maybe um, take advantage of those two.
0: Yeah, it's, that's what everybody's is all about, man. It's all about advantages and the little, you know, intangibles that, you know, you take into the cage. And when a fighter says that they don't want any advantages, I think it's kind of a lie because you want every advantage possible, right?
1: Yeah, it's right. Yeah, um, you know, you do get some guys saying, you know, I want the best. This guy, best that guy. I don't care. Like, if this guy's got loads of injuries because he's old or he can't train his hard, good. Um, you know, I'm I'm training, I'm training hard, ten years younger. Um, but you know, you never know. Um, he might be still feeling twenty one. Might be training. You know. And the day it's a fight, I'm gonna go in there and try and knock his head off. He's gonna try and knock mine off. We'll see what happens.
0: (laughs) You're back in the UK training, right? Uh, Your your last camp you spent at TriStar. Um, How is it being back home and being around the family and doing camp at home?
1: Yeah, it's good. Uh, My partner's been pretty good Uh, this time, you know. I think she's realized, like, because I. I'm not quiet about that. Like, I, I've told, I, I've told her, I've told my coaches and pretty much the public that, you know, one of the main reasons that I've went away in the past that not to do with getting the best training partners and to get best coaches is to get away from the family. It's to get away to be able to totally um, concentrate, um, focus, fight, uh, train, um, eat, sleep. But, um, yeah, I just felt like this time, you know, um, it made sense that um to to do it at home. It's in Sweden, um, like the last time it was in Canada, so that's another reason I was like, right, well, if I do my tries, my camp at Tristar, then, you know, I'm already in the time zone, I'm already pretty close to, you know, a short flight and all these, so um. Yeah, at least you know it's in Sweden. I'm pretty sure it's the same time zone. If it's not, it's like an hour different. Um And yeah, it's a short flight, so those are other things that can maybe be a little advantage. He's coming to a different time zone, different, different place, uh, and I've got pretty good training partners for um, Santos as well at home. Um, a couple of kind of guys that are built like him, long, rangy, because he's he's a pretty tall, uh, rangy guy. Um. So yeah, yeah, I just thought... The only reason I would maybe go away, um, is if I've no training partners for the guy I'm fighting. You know, if I'm fighting a short, stocky wrestler, and I've no got any of those guys to train with, and and try start that, then I'd maybe like to go and do that.
0: You've been using a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. Is that something new you have implemented or have you been using that for a while?
1: No, that's something new. Um, there's a place uh, in Fortin, um I think it's Fife Hyperbaric Oxygen Chamber. Um, yeah, the guy, like, I know the guy uh, we've spoke about before and stuff and he said, like, he believes it would really help improve because even after my surgery, like I was getting problems with my knees still, still getting inflammation um, to the point I'm, you know, I'm ready to get a, take a saw and saw my legs off. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's definitely helped. It's helped. Um, I've done a good few sessions now, um, and I just feel more energy, um, sleeping better. My body feels better, I'm training better, so, yeah, taking advantage of that. I saw that at the end of March you
0: opened a new location for your gym, Braveheart MMA. It looks incredible. Talk
1: about the new facility. Thanks, man. Uh, Yeah, like, uh, I first started opening Braveheart MMA when when I was kind of in that point. Um, after I lost the felder, um I wasn't sure what was happening with my career and stuff, so I was like, you know what, I started coaching. Um and I was uh coaching out of another gym, so like a more like a fitness gym and I had I had a little room to start with um that would maybe only fit, you know, fifteen people. Um and then we moved down to the bottom of the gym once, you know, I started getting uh, busy we moved down to the bottom and that could fit a bit more and that then i bought the octagon um off him because he he had one in the gym so i bought that and then so we had more space but and then you know it was really narrow and i was limited to what i could teach and then uh, yeah i was just kind of always looking for new places and i found this place it was fairly cheap for like rent and stuff um pretty big and yeah, just went for it. I had a bit of money in the bank, and I'm like, just, you know, I bought loads of cage fence and moved the octagon, bought more mats, got a vinyl do it. and yeah, pretty much done it all up, and now we've got a lot more space. Um, How is it
0: having a place where you can? You know, you have your own business, you have your own establishment, and it is a gym, but you, when you go train for a fight camp, you go other places. Is that helpful for you mentally?
1: Yeah, I mean, my place, I mean, I only started that around a year and a half ago, so don't get me wrong, I've got some good fighters that, um, you know, I've built them up, and there's a couple of guys that have came to me that, you know, used to train elsewhere, or they've maybe got a judo, or striking background, or whatever, so... I've got pretty decent guys that even I would be able to get some training in right with and They can give me tough rounds. Like I've even got a wee bit, wee bit of black eye for one of my guys. Um, you know, it was he, he. came to higher level MMA though. Like he came to where I train, just to get extra rounds as well because he's got a fight coming up. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I've always trained at higher level MMA. Um, we've got guys. Uh, Danny Henry um, who's also in the UFC uh, guys, Callum Murray who fights on the UFC um, Stevie McIntosh who's one of my main sparring partners um, and a lot of the other guys as well uh, good fighters, good pros and my head coach obviously he's been in the MMA game for like probably longer than I was born So, uh, so yeah I'm always going to be doing my training there and then I go it's good I'm always I'm always learning still I'm always trying to learn and then even if it's going to training and getting a new coaching idea I'll just steal all the coaching ideas from my coach uh, and then go and then go and teach it to my guys so it's perfect Um, yeah I'm I mean don't get me wrong it's hard it's tough to be able to do both and James said to me that time as well. You can't really be amazing at both. Uh, it's really tough to be amazing at both. Um, so I mean, I'm still fighting. I'm still 29, so I, I believe I have still got a good few years anyway. Um, so most of my, you know, most of my work I'm putting in is obviously on me and me as a fighter and an individual, um, trying to still. Make it, you know, be be the best, be the make it to that top kind of top spot, make some money, um, and then and then when I'm done fighting, I'm gonna put obviously all my concentration into Braveheart MMA. But yeah, I just try and get that balance. And now, you know, I try and put as much time in uh, coaching as I can. Um, if I've got a fight, then they know that you know I'm not gonna be at the gym as much. I'll get classes covered. I'll still go and coach um, but, you know, not as much as if I've not got a fight I'll be in coaching all the time and that's just something that they're going to have to deal with until I'm done fighting. But it's good for them as well because, you know, if if I'm only coaching then, you know, a lot, a lot of coaches, especially local coaches around here, they're probably just looking on YouTube for ideas. You end up running out of ideas, you know, co- ideas for coaching and what should I coach tonight but, you know, I'm I'm continu- I'm continuously training as, I am um, developing, as well. So take some ideas from actually training rather than just going on YouTube and figuring out what I should teach. So yeah, it's good. I enjoy it. June first,
0: Sweden, UFC on ESPN plus eleven, Leandro Santos. It's always good talking to you, Stephen. And uh, good luck to you, man.
1: Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate your time.